Hello and welcome to Radio IAGP. This is your host, Implausibly Josh, and we are here to talk about your emails. But first, let's talk about some video games. First, I've been playing a lot of NBA 2K20. Uh, it's been a blast. I'm having a lot of fun playing a sports game that's actually very good. Um, I played a lot of NBA, I want to say 2K18 on the Switch, and that was a very, very fun time, mostly because I was commuting a lot, so being able to play a full-on basketball game on the train and then take it home to be able to play it, uh, you know, same game, just on my TV and not have to fuss with, like, saves or anything was a blast. So it's been my nice little, uh, I like to call it my not like guilty pleasure game, but like my I'm done with work. I just want to play a video game and then maybe probably pass out or something a little bit later. But that's been my big game that we've been playing. And then on top of that, uh, it's just been a lot of dipping into other games here and there. Uh, I've been trying to get more stuff downloaded onto Steam, which has been nice. Um, I think I have I have Temtem installed, which is nice. Uh, I've been playing that a little bit. I haven't gotten super far. Um, I haven't even gotten to the first whatever the Temtem equivalent of a gym is. I've just been kind of playing around and catching Temtems and leveling them up and stuff, and it's been pretty nice. Uh, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I think it's not... I don't think it's like the Pokemon killer that uh, a lot of people say that they think it is. Um, I think that there's a lot of stuff that's not there that I think would really take it over the top. And the stuff that they've decided to go down, like making it an MMO, I think doesn't really make a ton of sense, to be honest. I don't know that a Pokemon game is made better by just adding MMO features. I mean, I think that they've expanded a lot on the mechanics and the formula of Pokemon in terms of how you, like in terms of just the way the Pokemon work, how battles work, it's mostly two-on-two action if you haven't played, and, you know, it's not the same typing, it's not the same status effects, um, the way that battles work, instead of having power points for your moves, you have a stamina bar, and some moves can't be used on the first turn and stuff like that, it's very interesting, um, I like it a lot, but it does just feel like another Pokemon game, but without the same polish. And obviously, I think part of that's because it's an early access game. But at the same time, I do think that, in my mind, even if it got all the coats of paint it could and got all the polish it could, I don't know that it's necessarily a Pokemon killer. It's just a, you know pokemon inspired game that exists on the pc and it's definitely a lot better than any of the other ones it's a similar problem i have with and this is a very weird thing to compare it to but uh there's a lot of fan based dragon ball z tabletop games that have been made and i think that a lot of times when you are a fan creator and you make a thing either directly inspired by or directly trying to copy the feel of or whatever you're making a fan dragon ball z game you're making you know uh your own ip that's directly inspired by pokemon i think what comes out is that i think that what you see in the game is you see a lot of the things that the creator likes that maybe that's not the thing you like about pokemon or that's not the thing you like about dragon ball z 
So for instance, you know, a lot of DBZ tabletop games that I've seen, like fan-made ones, they're always like kind of tied to uh, like power levels and stuff, which I think is just kind of boring. I don't care to, you know, roll a bunch of dice. I don't care that like my power level is very high because it doesn't matter. And it's not, I think, a very good narrative device for telling stories. So when I see games that are built around that and like talking about how like, oh, well, when you become a Super Saiyan, your power level becomes a million. I'm like, I don't care. Like, that's nice, but that's not what I'm here for. And obviously some people are there for that type of stuff. I'm not. And so I think that this is a similar thing. Temtem seems to be really focused on the battles and having things be difficult. Um, and I don't think that they have the difficulty down. And I don't think that, like, I don't know, having a bunch of numbers at you all at once isn't my ideal Pokemon experience, especially not right off the bat. Like, I think that having that stuff at the end is a very smart move with stuff like the judging feature and Sword and Shield and, and games like that, where at the very end of the game, once you've beaten the story mode, now you can figure out, okay, well, what's like the competitive build that I want to make for my Pokemon? Where are all the numbers? And I like that the numbers are visible on Temtem, but geez, just having like three, four columns of numbers on power-up screens and, you know, all this stuff and like in the, uh, like checking on your Temtem and all that stuff, like it's, uh, it's a bit of a nightmare. But uh, I think in, I don't know when it's supposed to be like released, released, but once it gets out of early access, it'll be interesting to see how that uh, game develops. And now that we've kind of covered some of those games that I've been playing, it is time to get directly into your emails. First off, we have an email from Sasha, and Sasha asks, What's your dirty pleasure game? What series that you know is problematic slash bad slash poor quality game or series that you enjoy? Personally, I absolutely love gotcha games on mobile and have to try every one of them. Good question, Sasha. Uh, I think that my guilty pleasure game was, I haven't played it in a very long time, but uh, Prison Architect, um, I think I was really into like the base building aspect of it. Uh, and that is something that is a huge like thing that makes my brain just go, yeah, I got to play this video game. And so I played a lot of it. And then all of a sudden I realized like, oh, this is weird. Like this is a weird coat of paint to put on a base building game where I'm trying to stop fights from breaking out and stuff. And there's not like a good way to make a prison like i don't listen i don't know uh, about in the real world but it, definitely in this video game there was no good way to make a prison so you were just kind of always at a ticking time bomb in terms of like the game actively trying to get you to like you know add a ton of guards who are always going to check people and beat them up and you know they want you to take in uh you know death row prisoners and stuff like that and i'm just like oh like this maybe isn't great. And I use that to move on to RimWorld, which I know has its own problems with the creator and stuff, but I don't know. I find RimWorld to be more interesting. Uh, it's obviously got a very similar look, uh, and the base building is a lot better because you're actually building a base. And, you know, 
you also don't have to like imprison people it's not like the core gameplay loop of rim world if you get attacked you can just you know patch them up and send them on their way so uh i don't know it's i think that's probably it that's like my big like problematic game uh maybe bad or poor quality game would have to be like dragon ball z games like all anime games kind of suck mostly because that's not true all anime arena fighter games absolutely suck they are not good they all play the exact same there's no variance and the only reason why you're there is to enjoy whatever brand that you enjoy so if you're playing a naruto game you're only doing that because you want to play naruto you want to play as that blonde ninja kid and that's it like that's what you're there for if you're playing that weird one piece open world game you're doing it because you like the world of one piece you like that you know style of storytelling you like all that stuff and so to play a video game set there is exactly what you want for me i like dragon ball z it is one of my probably i wouldn't even say it's a guilty pleasure anime because i just unironically really like it but the games on the other hand are all bad for the most part there's a handful of exceptions i think but those are all ones that aren't anime arena fighters so i really like the game dragon ball fusions for the 3ds and it is basically a turn-based rpg with some weird like pinball mechanics where you're shooting bad guys all around the field and trying to knock them out of the arena and stuff like that and it's a blast and i think it's really fun and then you have other games like I was playing Attack of the Saiyans recently on streams, and that I think is a fun game. It's maybe not like great. I'd say it's like passable to good, um, but it's a turn-based RPG like a you know Final Fantasy or a Pokemon or something where you're building up your party and you're giving them moves and like stuff like their like key blasts and stuff are just skills that they learn like a you know generic rpg character might learn fireball or something like that so but i end up always grabbing those bad rpg or those bad anime arena fighter games because i love dragon ball z and i will hope beyond hope that this is the one that feels different and plays better and it almost never happens so oh well anonymous asks you're doing that series where you play all the pokemon games what's your favorite pokemon game are you looking forward to the Sword and Shield DLC? Good question, Anonymous. Uh, I am doing that series where I play all the Pokemon games, all the mainline ones. I at one point thought it'd be cool to do all of the side games, and I realized that certain side games, like, you know, what is it, the Pokemon box on the GameCube, are just expensive. And there's not really a game there. It's just a storage system for the GameCube, for your Game Boy Advance games. And, eh. Doesn't seem like that would be a good use of my time, uh, especially not a good use of my money. Uh, but yes, playing all the main series Pokemon games. My favorite Pokemon game, I think, would have to be like Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Uh, I think that it's, I think that like Gold, Silver, Crystal are really good games because they have a lot of wild content. You know, you play through all of Johto at the end of Johto. They're like, oh yeah, by the way, here's this whole other region with eight other gym badges. 
also, if you played the first one, this is the same, you know, region and, you know, it's a few years in the future. So figure out what's going on over there. Like, it's nice to like kind of take that walk through this region you've already been through before. And then with the added addition of it being, what is it, fourth gen for gold, silver, crystal, you know, you have a bunch more Pokemon. The battle mechanics are better because the um, stats are better for your Pokemon you have a much better presentation of the game. You have the Poke Walker, which is very cool. You have all these things that really make the game that much better. And you still have that second half of the game where you're going to a whole other region. And then you have, I think it's one of the hardest battles in all of Pokemon, but the battle against Red at the end. There's tons of fun stuff you can do in that game. And now with the you know, tools like the Universal Pokemon Randomizer, which we're using for that um, Pokemon series that I'm doing, you know, when you put that into the game, it now unlocks even more potential because all of those Pokemon, you know, every Pokemon up to Gen 4 is in the data of that game. So using a randomizer, you can really see every Pokemon in that game. And I think that that Like, I think that it's just like the perfect storm of, as intended, the game was very good. Like, without any hacks or anything like that, I think it's a fantastic game that has a lot of cool, you know, outside of the game mechanics with the Pokewalker, you know, having a Pokemon walk behind you, I think, adds a level of, like, not world building, but it adds a level of, like, realism to the Pokemon games that you don't really see outside of maybe, like, Pokemon Go, or, I'm sorry, Let's Go. Uh, Pokemon with the uh, Pikachu and Eevee and all that uh, but yeah I don't know I, I think that that's that's it you know like that's th- that's the game like if I was to give anyone a Pokemon game you don't need to have played any other ones I think that's the one and there's so much stuff there to do and none of it feels overwhelming unless you already know about the game that I think it's a really good Pokemon game and then for am I looking forward to Sword and Shield DLC absolutely that stuff seems so cool um i like the idea of adding new areas onto the base game as opposed to having to pay for a whole nother game because that that's a nightmare and that i don't want that's not something i want to have to deal with ever again like if this is the way forward where you get both you get your pokemon game for the generation and then throughout the next few years it's getting support through extra regions and extra places and all that stuff that's perfect that's so much better than having to buy a whole nother game at 60 dollars and then you know now with you know pokemon home and stuff like that it's going to be easier to put all my pokemon together and trade them and stuff so i don't have to have you know a separate switch and all this stuff just to get all that stuff over if i wanted to do it just by myself you know if i had a friend that lived nearby that also had a switch that might be a little bit easier but I don't, I don't necessarily, so I would have to buy another Switch. So anyways, <clears throat> I think that's really good. I think this is a smart move for the Pokemon company and for Game Freak to do added content this way instead of having them make a whole nother game. Because I feel like, like I like uh, Pokemon Sun and Moon and I like Pokemon Sun, Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. But the thing I like about Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon is the end game stuff you know, the stuff at the very end. And, you know, I was interested in the story of Sun and Moon because I thought it was neat. I'm a sucker for a multiverse type deal. 
you know, I like the idea of found family and how important that is. Like, there's a lot of stuff there that was 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 doing all right for me. That it was like, oh, this is exactly kind of what I want out of a new Pokemon game. And then Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon came out. And that story is basically the same with a handful of changes. But you still have to play through it in order to get to the end. And there's not enough difference there between the two stories, the two regions. There's not. It's not even a new region. It's not a new anything, really. All of the fun new stuff is backloaded in the back. There's a handful of new Ultra Beasts, I want to say. And I think one new like Pokemon. One or two, maybe. I don't remember exactly. But that's it. There's, you know, a lot of cool stuff with, like, the ultra wormholes at the end going between, oh, there's, like, that pillar at the, like, on the final island where you can, like, go from, like, an ultra or from, like, a moon, from from a moon game to a sun game, basically. So it'll swap the, the 24 hours on you since moon and, I think, sun add it. Yeah, there's, like, a 12-hour difference between the two games from whatever you're 3ds clock says i want to say don't quote me on that that's what i remember i haven't played that game in a while so i think that if they had done something similar let's say that they did so it's sword shield and i don't know knight pokemon knight or something like that they introduced this third game and the story is the same then i don't i don't know what the appeal is to buy that even as a hard core Pokemon fan as a you know I don't wouldn't consider myself a hardcore Pokemon fan but like a fan like me a consumer like me I don't think that there's a big necessary like it's just not a necessary purchase to get that and I would you know maybe get most of my enjoyment from watching someone else play through it or someone else stream it or something but you know that's not something where I am actively seeking out a new Pokemon game that is just, you know, it's this, but again, like, that's not what I'm looking forward to. And I, I, like I said, I just think adding all that stuff at the end is fantastic. It's a smart move. And it means that in theory, consumers are spending a little less money to get that extra Pokemon content that they want, you know, instead of paying $60 for a game, you're paying 30 bucks to get what would probably be the addition in a third Pokemon game. So I think it's smart. I think it's good. I'm excited to see it. I'm ready to see more Galarian versions of older Pokemon. It's it's fun. I think it's a fun time to be a Pokemon fan currently. All right, next question. Bryzik asks, Well, them damn liberals won, and you're now required by law to have a Pokemon partner that walks around with you and helps you in your life. Oh man, that was hard to get out. You can't put them away. I'm sorry. You can put them away for small amounts of time, but they don't like it. Which Pokemon do you select as your permanent buddy? Easy, 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 easy. We're going Gengar, baby. I want a ghost. I want to see a ghost. I want a ghost Pokemon. Gengar is big. Um, it's fun. It's cool. It will eat my dreams. Perfect companion we're walking around i work from home so it's not like i have to bring that dude on the on, a, on the commute i don't have to bring him on the bus i don't have to bring him on the train we're just hanging out at home we're going for walks he's eating my dreams good pokemon next question 
and asks, how are you liking Magic the Gathering? Uh, I'm liking it all right. Um, I've been playing a lot of Magic the Gathering Arena. I've been doing deck building on my, on like some website I found for uh, Commander. Trying to figure out a, a deck that I want to put together that's kind of a budget build because I don't want to get into the trappings of collectible card games and trading card games where you spend a ton of money trying to have viable stuff and I don't care like I'm not going to be competing at any like event I'm not doing I'm not getting into magic that way I just want to play the card game because the card game seems very cool so I'm having fun with it um I'm still trying to wrap my head around deck building and stuff like that but we'll see we'll see how it all goes um i i'm liking magic the gathering arena um got my ass handed to me in all three games in one of the drafts for whatever the new thing is beyond death theros i think i don't know i don't have it up so i couldn't tell you but i uh was doing that that was really nice um i it was fun to put the decks together, but I'm not very good at deck building. The cards seem really cool. I'm not necessarily seeing how they all work together, though. I'm not. I think that's the big thing that I'm missing. That's the big puzzle piece of magic for me. Is I can totally get that. Let's say I want a deck. Like there's a deck that I'm goofing around with right now that basically just makes a bunch of flying creatures or tokens rather. So I have this red blue card that says every time I draw a second card during every time I draw my second card during a turn, it creates a one, one flying creature or token or whatever. Um, so I run four of those and then I have cards that are also flying that allow me to draw because I then put in another card that boosts all my flying creatures by one, one. So it's cool. Like it's fun. But I feel like there's probably some other synergies there that I'm not necessarily understanding. And I think that's true with me looking at the Theros Beyond Death stuff was that I saw some stuff that I thought was cool, but wasn't quite putting it together in a way that really fed each other and synergized in a way that had me have a good playing experience, especially not against real people who I would imagine actually know how to play magic the gathering and actually know how to deck build whereas i am just like who knows dude these cards are cool i guess <laughs> these abilities are neat i don't have cards to make them all work together and i don't see what i can make work together and i don't know i know that you know with drafting i feel like maybe that's kind of a uh, a thing that could potentially happen you know you could potentially have an issue where like your cards just don't really make sense together but especially when it's automatically done for you like i'm not actually drafting so it's a little bit different but uh yeah i don't know i'm i'm liking it a lot i can't wait to play more of it i'm trying not to get too deep in where i'm having to spend tons of money but we'll see all right brysic again says final fantasy 14 released and was a catastrophic failure partially in the way that the game was very poorly designed as well as the servers being turned off when a dragon was born from the moon and destroyed the entire world. Neat. 
after this Final Fantasy 2.0, A Realm Reborn was released and has now become one of the top MMOs of all time. What game series, offline, I'm sorry, online or offline, MMO or not an MMO, would you like to see destroyed by a godlike dragon and reborn into a new, better form? Uh, this actually relates to another question I got recently about Kakarot, the Dragon Ball Z game that came out. And I think that, like, it's not necessarily a series, so I'm taking it a little wider than maybe the scope of this question wanted. And so I'll narrow it down in, an extra, in a different answer. But um, I think that it's the anime uh, arena battle genre. Like that, like all of those Dragon Ball Z games. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot plays like Xenoverse 2, played like Xenoverse, played like those Budokai Tenkaichi games on the PS2. Like they all play the same. And there's not a lot of variance, and the gameplay itself isn't very fun. And I think that by trying to force themselves into a fighting genre, they've really undersold the appeal of these games and un undersold the appeal of these worlds that exist. So, for instance, I think a really good way to improve the Dragon Ball Z games would be to make them character action fighters. You know, like I think that having them be these really cool games where let's say you're Goku and you're doing something like stylish and neat, like a Dante or a Bayonetta. And then at the end of your combo, maybe you turn Super Saiyan for a little bit to extend your combo a little bit more. And you have extra attacks that are attached to that. You know, I think thinking of, I think changing the style of like, you know, a key blast is something you have to sit back, charge, say the name of, all this stuff, and it takes time, I think doesn't make sense. Because I think the assumption is, is that when you're watching these shows or reading the anime or reading the reading the anime, reading the manga, watching the anime, you're um you're under the impression that this is all done as like a stylized form of time, right? So like when they're charging up, it's not actually taking forever, but in order for you to process it on a narrative level, it takes a little bit longer. But if you were to, and especially for a manga or an anime, right? Like you, you have no input there. It's not necessarily fast paced. And if you, if you get too fast, you're going to lose the focus of the audience. It's going to be hard for the audience to follow, right? Um, especially when a lot of stuff is going on. And so... I think if you shift that idea to character action, right, where everything is very fast-paced and stylish and cool, I think that you allow the the speed of those characters and the, their power to really come forward, and you can really show off how cool these characters are. That's my thought, at least, is that I think that that's really the direction these games need to go, and I think that that's what needs to happen is they need to absolutely scrap everything they think works about these games because I think they're really bad to play. They may sell really well, and I don't know. I mean, I'm part of that problem, right? I always buy these games because I'm assuming, I'm hoping that this game is different than all the others, and it rarely ever is unless it's like very obvious from the start that, you know, oh, I'm getting a turn-based RPG instead of a, you know, arena anime fighter. So my expectations are set, you know, with Kakarot, I didn't even know, like, I, I assumed it was going to be 
something similar to like anime arena fighters but also i was hoping that it would feel a little different there'd be more combo reactions more character action stuff and there really isn't you smash on one button for a while maybe press another button at the end of that combo and then hold two buttons down to then shoot a blast or do a big punch and that's it and like i think that if that's the kind of hectic gameplay you want just make it a character action game make it something like you know devil may cry or bayonetta make it those games and really go for the style aspect of these shows and these properties anyways that would be mine for a wider thing maybe for a smaller one what would i like to see destroyed and reborn into a new better form like a series hmm i think maybe for something like that i would go for something like a i think sports games could really use like a whole new idea about what they do like you take the trading card game aspect of let's say the new nba games like they're not really good you know i don't think that they really make sense in terms of trying to emulate opening card packs and stuff like that um i think that they are just motivated by microtransactions and i think that that actively hinders the gameplay experience even of the microtransaction things that they're trying to do i could totally foresee a world where the sports games have really cool analogs to digital or the digital analog to trading cards i think that there's a world where that can exist but i just don't see it happening and i don't see it happening unless you start from the ground up you erase everything you've ever done with this game with these series and you can expand this to other sports series too madden i mean i think that's really it madden and fifa but i don't play fifa so i don't care but you but you you just start from the bottom when it comes to these games you, you just scrap everything and put it all back together and go what's the actual basketball experience that we want to present to people and not just on the court stuff but the fan stuff because yeah basketball players are probably playing nba 2k whatever but they're not the core audience the core audience is people who are fans of basketball people who are fans of sports games people who are fans of video games and stuff like that and what what does it mean to be a fan of basketball what are you getting you know are you still buying trading cards is that something you want to bring back even stuff like that i think it needs a huge shake up in the way that they think about those games evan asks should we follow you on twitter no absolutely not i'm a bad person to follow on twitter thank you for your question evan and finally last question of the episode is uh sasha asks when will they let mario fuck once they can get luigi to stop fucking then they will allow mario to fuck and that's it that is the end of the show thank you so much for listening this has been radio iagp i have been implausibly josh you can email us in at fanmail at implausiblyaverage.live you can also go to our website implausiblyaverage.xyz and you can click that radio IAGP button up at the top and you will get 
all of the information you could ever possibly need about the podcast and how to email in. There's even a form. So if you don't want to give your email away, hey, there you go. You got a form where you can just input a question right then and there. I will see it. And hey, I might even answer it on the air here. So thank you again so much for listening. And I'll see you next week. Bye.